You're listening to Productivity on Purpose, Episode 4, Why You Feel Chaotic. Listen, lady, you're capable, smart, and driven. Then why do you feel so overwhelmed? Hi, I'm Ruthie Parikh, mom of two, wife of one, best-selling author, and former perfectionist. Okay, current, but working on it. I'm here to show rockstar professionals who are doing it all that you can have an amazing career, relationships, and life by taking control of your focus, habits, and goals. Join me for simple and motivating ways to squash overwhelm and reconnect with what matters most. Welcome to Productivity on Purpose. Welcome back, or just welcome if this is your first time here. I'm Ruthie Parikh, but friends call me Martha, Marilou, Marindu, Rhythm. Oh yes, I've heard them all. Uh, and I am your humble host, full of gratitude for you being here. I'm super pumped about today's topic because it might not be what you think it's going to be about. But before we jump in, I just want to thank you for all of you who have listened to the first couple of episodes and subscribed to this podcast. You are rock stars. And if you like what you've been hearing or like what you hear today, please don't forget to jump on over, subscribe, and leave a super quick little review. Like literally, this will take no more than 60 seconds. The more subscribers and positive reviews I get, the more I can get the message of this podcast about simplifying your life and getting everything you want out to more fantabulous women like yourself. All right. So today, we are talking about the chaos. The chaos. When it feels like you are just upside down, everything's being thrown at you at one time, the demands and distractions, you can't keep up with it all, the tasks, the projects at work, the things going on at home, the emotions, the relationships, all of that, you're feeling super stretched and super stressed and really overwhelmed. And I believe that this actually comes down to one thing. Well, there's probably more than one thing, but one, I think the one of the major ones, the one that I hear the absolute most is what we're going to be talking about today. And this is all about planning, planning, your ability to do it or not do it and the impact it has on you. Now, I've worked with tons of amazing, driven women, and I'd say this is where they're challenged the most, planning ahead, but also planning in the moment. So not everyone recognizes that this is the issue, right? You might come to me or to your friends, you're just like talking about stuff or maybe complaining about it or like getting it off your chest and you're saying how things are so difficult or you have so much going on or why are you always procrastinating or why are you up against deadlines or why is it like everything is happening at the same time? And what that really comes down to, if you got down to the root of it, is somewhere in there, somewhere in the weeds, there is some lack of planning. So you know when you have a really big project coming up, either at work or personally, it's been on the horizon for a while, it's sort of lurking over you, but you've made your list, you've put some thought into it, and yet when the time comes, you're in chaos or you're totally up against the deadline. You're going to pull the all-nighter, you're going to be stretched, stressed, and getting ready for it or going through it. And then you think to yourself, where did I go wrong? Like, how did I get myself into this position again? Because I knew it was coming up and I did do some planning along the way. So how is it that I'm still struggling towards the end? So that is really what we're talking about today. Even if you think you are planning, even if you are planning, when you find yourself in these types of situations, we're probably not planning correctly. 
I want to tell you about a term I was introduced to several years ago when I was working with a super bright, overachieving client, and she came to me and she was telling me how chaotic her life was. We started working together and we made significant changes in her ability to organize all her thoughts and everything going on in her world. She had the kids, right? She had a medical practice. She had family events. She was on multiple boards. She was doing all the things in all the places like you're probably really familiar with, right? And she literally transformed her cognitive abilities, like the way she could plan and prioritize and organize. And she mentioned this term to me a couple of times. And then when she said it again, I finally started thinking about it and researching it. And another thing she said was that our work together really impacted her in ways she couldn't even imagine. And so the term that she used was executive functioning. And you may have heard of this before. You may not have. Like I said, I kind of heard of it. I sort of thought I knew what it was, but not exactly. So I started researching and digging deep into it and it blew my mind. I mean, like the heavens parted, I could see the light and all of a sudden there was so much clarity around the struggles that my clients have, some of the challenges that I have had and how I see other amazing women, some in my family, some friends or colleagues deal with this and how it affects them and everyone around them. So you can think of executive function as the management system of your brain. So executive function is just a set of mental skills that helps you plan, organize, manage your time, pay attention, process information, and control your behavior. So it's this set of skills that we use every day, right, to learn and work and manage our daily life. But the trouble with executive function is that it can make it harder to focus or handle emotions or plan ahead amongst like many other things. Now, so you might struggle with executive functioning skills if you have trouble starting or completing tasks. Uh, hello. If you have difficulty prioritizing tasks, if you have trouble switching focus from one task to another, if you have trouble organizing all your thoughts, if you have trouble keeping track of all your stuff, like where are my keys and where's my glasses and you know, where's my headband or whatever, and if you have trouble like managing your time. And sometimes that emotion takes over, like panic sets in and we start making the situation even worse. So quite frankly, I feel like this applies to every human being that I've ever known at some point of their time or life. And you might be thinking, uh, girl, this is my every day of my life, right? So here's the thing. Trouble with executive function is not a diagnosis. You don't diagnose someone with this and it's not a learning disability, right? So it's not something you typically hear. I think maybe the most closely related might be terms like ADHD or ADD, but you don't really ever hear anybody saying, oh, they has they have EF, like they have executive functioning. However, it's totally common in people, right? All those challenges I was just listing, I mean, that happens to everyone at some point. And your level of executive functioning is not good or bad. There's nothing like that. It's just something that usually develops quickly, maybe in the early childhood years, maybe into your teen years, and it keeps developing into your 20s. But generally around then, we sort of stop developing this as quite a rapid pace, executive functioning, because you kind of get set in your ways, right? You get set in your habits and the, you become part of like adulthood. And so we get, we kind of have less and less change in our executive functioning as we get older. 
So again, it's nothing good or bad. It's just something, you know, some people might be born with a little bit more than others, or some people might be in an environment like a home life um, where you develop that maybe faster or earlier. So for example, I'm a product of two very organized parents. And so I think that was something that was instilled in me, these skills probably earlier on in my life than maybe some others. So I want to start by telling you a couple stories. You know, I always want to tell you the personal side and the professional side because, you know, this is what this is about. It's all about our whole life and getting control. And so I'm going to first start with this professional one. And I think that through hearing this, you might really be able to see yourself in this picture or resonate with it. So an example is a client of mine who had a very big and important presentation at work. It was to senior management. It was really critical for her credibility and visibility in the organization. So yes, it was important. And she had a few weeks to work on it. She knew about it ahead of time. And so it was definitely on her mind. She definitely made her lists. She created an outline and she had all these ideas of different ways she wanted to take the presentation and what she wanted to do with it and how she really wanted to highlight certain things. But there was also a lot of research involved. Um, so she had to get that under control too. So she had all these ideas in her head and she kept thinking, okay, well, that's a great one. That's a great one. And she wrote some things down here and there and she's like, all right, just, but I've got to get to that. I'm going to get to that eventually. But when it came to it, 48 hours before the presentation, she ended up pulling like two, one or two AM nights to get it done, right? She didn't feel that confident going into the presentation because of course now she was tired. She was low on energy. She didn't have enough time to rehearse it as well as she wanted to. So she went in and actually went well, probably not as best to, to her potential because of all those last minute things. And she was, you know, not probably as excited as she maybe could have been as she put in some more planning time. So a colleague and a friend of her said, Hey, you know what? Like next time I can help you. Like if you feel overwhelmed, I can help you out. And she said, well, I'm not overwhelmed. Everything's done. And it went fine. So if you can relate to that, just kind of shake your head over there. I know I can't see you. Raise your hand because you're like, yes, I know these things happen. They're going to happen ahead of time. I do some planning along the way. I get some of this stuff done. It's, I'm, you know, I have all these great ideas. When it comes to it, I'm stretched. I'm stretched too far. I'm stretched too thin. I'm too stressed out. I'm overwhelmed. But then I get it done. And I think, oh, well, you know what? That's just the way it's supposed to be. Like, that's just how it is. I got it done. So I guess that's good enough. Okay. So that's one situation. Another one is a personal one with, I'll say, with a uh, family member, although I've seen this with so many clients and, and other women. And this is about getting ready for a particular event. So let's just say, I'm going to say it's, um, you know, kids coming home from college. That's what I was say. Kids coming home from college and mom. So I'm Indian and Indian moms are all about food. This is like a very big part of their lives, like food and feeding and cooking and making everybody happy through their food. And it's loving and generous and just, you know, just full of care and love. So this particular mom started planning uh, three weeks ahead of time of what she was going to make for her kids coming home from college, right? So she was, she has, um, you know, their favorite recipes, their favorite things they want to eat. So she's been thinking about it. So she makes a list and she's like, here's the different things I want to do with the menu. And she's like all excited and really is like thinking about this and thinking about this over the course of the weeks. About a week before she goes, she even does the grocery shopping. She's totally ahead of it. She's like, here's the things I'm going to make and here's everything I got to buy. 
And then as the day gets closer, the day before, she's a little bit flustered and starts kind of chopping a bunch of different things, but doesn't totally have the menu right. And then realizes she has a bunch of other ingredients she has to get. And maybe something was more complicated than she thought. And she also got pulled away for an emergency and she forgot about an appointment. It's all happening the last like 48 hours. The day comes, she's kind of frazzled. Things are taking longer. She doesn't really have that menu plan anymore. She starts like whipping together all this different stuff. They arrive and the food is not even complete. And now instead of spending that time with them, she's running around, fixing up everything in the kitchen. Everyone, she feels like they're starving. Maybe they are, maybe they're not, but that's definitely what's going through her head. And she's sort of failed. And she's like, how did this happen when I was planning three weeks in advance? <laughs> okay, so if, if you can resonate with either of these situations, you should know, first of all, there is nothing wrong with you. Nothing wrong with you. This is so typical and this is, and you're doing your best and you actually are trying to put some of these planning methodologies into effect early on. Know that you are not doomed to be unorganized forever. You are not less than anyone else who you feel like can keep it all together. You just may be a bit lower on the executive functioning spectrum. That's all. So what do you do about it? You listen to podcasts like this. You get organizational training or coaching. You build on building organization and time management skills. This is the best news, right? This is such great news. You can absolutely 100% learn this. It's a skill like any other skill that can be taught and it can be learned. It's kind of like if you were born feeling like you were not athletic, Okay, I'm talking about me here. <laughs> For most of my life, I would say I was a terrible athlete. In fact, I would still probably say that. I'm just not a good athlete. But now through lots of personal development, I realized I could be a good, maybe even a great athlete, at least in one sport, if I chose to, if I really wanted to. It doesn't come to me naturally. That's the truth. But if I had a coach that could teach me in a way that worked with my learning style, and I practice, and I practice, and I practice, I could be good. I could be pretty dang good. I could be very good over time. So it doesn't mean anything about me that maybe I have less athletic abilities in me when I was born than my cousin or brother or best friend. It just is what it is. And I have other talents that maybe they don't. So I can learn to be a better athlete if I put my mind to it. Just like you can learn to have better planning and organizational skills if you put your mind to it. If you decide that's just what I want to do, I can learn it. So that's the great news about it. You can improve your executive functioning, your ability to manage current and future oriented tasks, demands, and your ability to begin a task or an activity or to generate ideas or responses or come up with problem-solving strategies uh, or like not procrastinate as might as much as you might have since you would be able to better regulate your emotions by the way, if you want to hear more about why procrastination is linked to your emotional state, be sure to listen to episode two called Why You Procrastinate. So now that you know kind of what this is, why maybe you're falling into these traps or challenges, and that you can absolutely 100% get out of it, I'm going to share one strategy today that I believe is extremely useful and powerful in overcoming these challenges. I've worked on this with countless women, and why I think it's so effective is that it creates more structure for you and allows you to think in short to medium-term lengths, which means you're looking at your goals today and a little bit into the future, 
but not so far out that you lose focus and you lose your motivation. It's called the two-week sprint. Two-week sprint. Notice, it is a sprint, not a marathon, not just a 10-minute walk, but a sprint. It's getting to a smaller finish line or shorter finish line at a quicker pace. So essentially, you're taking your big goals, like the ones you procrastinate on, you leave you leave to the end, they leave you stressed out and overstretched, and you're creating a mini plan of what you need to do over the next two weeks only. So you can get on track, right? You start taking action and then you stay on track. You start taking intentional action this way. Because simply the act of planning out your next two weeks like in terms of actual steps, what am I going to do? What am I going to achieve? For these goals specifically, it makes you think it through in more detail ahead of time. So by simply just going through this practice, you're automatically going to start working on your executive functioning skills. So again, I will give you like a personal and professional example because you know I always like to relate it to both the challenges and the strategies and the solutions to your whole life. So something that I'm working on right now is a fabulous trip. My family and I are going on a trip to London, Scotland for spring break. And at the time that I'm recording this, it's about six weeks from now, and we have not done anything other than buy the plane tickets a few months ago, which is kind of unusual for us, but that's where we are. Anyone who's planned a vacay across, well, really anywhere with your family, you know there's a million things you got to get done, right? You don't want to waste your time and effort and all the money you've spent in getting there. So you want to research where are we going to stay? Where are the great locations? What do we need to do to book them? Do we need a car? Are we going to take trains, planes? Are we going on tours? What are the restaurants? What are the tourist places we need to see? All that stuff. So last week, my husband and I decided that within the next two weeks, we created our own little two-week sprint. All we would do was research and book all of the Airbnbs or where we're staying, the car, and the flights within Europe. Like we're going from... London to Edinburgh. So basically, we would take care of all the logistical aspects of the trip, okay? Just the logistics stuff. So we're talking, again, travel, but it's basically anything travel-related, right? The following two weeks, we're going to research and take care of all the tours, the the places we want to see, the tourist attractions, right? And then the last two weeks, where we'll be getting ready for the trip itself. So it's like, we I know I actually already need new luggage, Ours broke the last one, our last bag. We need some luggage tags. What clothes do we need? I want to be, make sure the boys are really prepared with their you know, winter coats and gloves. It's going to be cold there. We need vitamins and medicines and all that stuff for packing itself. So as you can see, what we did, we took that, that six-week timeline and first broke it down into three phases. And I'll call them like phase one is logistics. Maybe phase two is just like the day-to-day, like the, you know, what are we going to be doing every day, the tourist stuff and the tours. The third phase was, I'll call it packing. Okay, so it's like logistics, day to day, and packing. And by doing that, we've created three two week sprints. So instead of me having a panic attack about everything I need to get done to be prepared for this trip, and it just going around and around and around and around in my mind and swirling around and taking up so much room and energy or weighing on me all the time, or, or listen to this, here's option two. That could be one scenario because that happens to me a lot. Or the second scenario is just the opposite. Maybe it wouldn't be weighing on me as much as it should be because I already have all these great ideas in my brain and I've written some lists. And so in my mind, I'm thinking I have plenty of time for that. I've done that too. 
But in either scenario, the result is the same. It is total stress and chaos and the feelings like things are not in my control and being really pissed off at myself that I'm doing this all last minute. I'm trying to find our passports. I can't get my stuff together. Nobody's listening to me, you know, and we're all frazzled. Like either of those scenarios has that same result and both of them are no bueno, no good, no good, right? Instead, now I'm focused on my two-week sprint only. All I am doing is getting the logistics together. And because of that, I have clarity and I'm only going to stick to those things. And I'm happy to report that is exactly what my hubby and I did this weekend. Around Saturday, like late afternoon, he was like, hey, what are we doing tonight? What do we have going on? And I said, well, actually, I was thinking that we should sit down and start planning out all this logistical stuff, you know, we talked about for the trip. And that's what we did. And I know what you're thinking. How can I get in on her amazing social life? I know, right? On a Saturday night, this is what I'm doing. Well, I got to tell you, you have to work long and hard on that, my friend, to get to this status of mine. All right. But seriously, um, it just kept us so focused on what we were doing. And it was really a great way to spend the evening together, like over dinner and just, you know, have a glass of wine and get that done. But by the way, another super, super important lesson is that I never, ever would have remembered to do this this weekend and talk to him about it unless I put it on our calendar to actually do it over the weekend. I know it's the only time we have together like that to focus for a few hours. It's just never going to happen during the weekdays with work and kids and the schedule is not going to happen. So I had to put that on the calendar to make sure it actually happened. All right, now let's also take it back to my client and her important presentation. Remember that example I gave you a little bit back? And let's say she knew about this presentation about three weeks in advance. She would have one two-week sprint, right, and one other one-week sprint. That would make three weeks. Or she could look at it as three one-week sprints. Either way, it works, but let's just stick with the two weeks since that's what we're talking about here. So she'd have to break that down into phases. She has three weeks. So her phases might be, for the two-week sprint, might be research and development. And then for that final one week, her remainder week could be for practice and perfecting. So the first couple weeks, she's researching everything, getting the whole presentation together. And that last week, she's practicing and perfecting it. So if you look at the two-week sprint for research and development, you could break that down very simply to the first week is all research and the second week is all development. So we can break, you want to go a little further and break down your two-week sprints into one week. So you're really, really, really focused. So now she knows all she'd have to do is focus in the first week is to research and, you know, find out all the information and go through all the, the documents and the articles. And so this keeps her really focused on what she needs to get done. It gives her all the clarity in the world instead of fretting over the 72 other tasks she needs to do to, in order to get this project done. And eliminating those mental distractions is key. It is so critical to making your time really effective. Once you start taking action with clarity, you see progress on your goal, which gets you excited because who doesn't like to feel like they're actually moving on something? You feel awesome and it gives you the motivation to keep going. Now, don't forget, no matter what phase or week you're in, you've got to add those actions to your calendar or they will not happen, right? Whether it's booking the Airbnbs or researching the articles or putting in the time to practice that presentation. You got to get it in there. All right. So I hope this resonated with you and you learned a little bit about yourself through the magic of executive functioning 
and that you are committed to making a small change to help you be in control. Remember, all of this stuff, these skills, these strategies to help you better manage your work and life and to live with more joy and to be more fulfilled can be learned. Absolutely 100%. You know, I always love to leave you with a challenge. So today's challenge is to commit to breaking down one project that's on your list or on your plate into two-week sprints. Break it down into phases, then two-week periods. And don't forget to put the time you need to get them done on your calendar. And finally, let me know what it's going to be so you can hold yourself accountable and have me as your personal cheerleader. Because you know, I will be cheering you on if you come on over and meet me in the comments. Come on over to lifeisorganized.com forward slash podcast. Lastly, if you want more tips on how to take control of your life, jump on over to lifeisorganized.com forward slash hacks, H-A-C-K-S, for an awesome freebie called... 21 Killer Hacks to Stop Feeling Overwhelmed. All right, well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for your positive energy, your enthusiasm, and your friendship. I never take your time for granted, and I thank you so much for being on this journey with me. I'll catch you next time.